What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the AskCast for the first time in like two and a half months. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Nothing to talk to, talk about, nobody to talk to, because there's nothing to talk about and nobody interested to talk about anything. So, but we're back, finally. Uh, before I introduce my guest, a couple things. We're amateur sports scholars now. That's weird. Um, definitely got the, the word statistics out of there. Which was great for me. That was really hard to say. Like try saying that ten times fast. Amateur statistics scholars, like amateur sports scholars. That's our name now. We've obviously been on a break. Uh, and if anyone does listen to this, which they probably will, but uh, we'd appreciate you uh, waiting on us because everyone, I guess, has lives and had stuff to tend to. But without further ado, uh, my guest is Mr. Tristan Ferris from KY Insider. Tristan, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? pretty great uh so uh i guess let's just get right into it uh obviously you cover uh uk basketball and stuff and it's not your first time here we had you on here a few months ago but i just want to ask you because the big news for uk today is uh chuck martin was added to the coaching staff so i just wanted to ask uh you know i guess how great of an addition do you think this is and uh, what do you think fans should expect yeah, so Chuck Martin's being hired as an assistant, but it's primarily recruiting. Um, he's going to be the recruiting coordinator for Kentucky. He brings over two decades of coaching experience along with that. So I think it's a really good hire. Um, I mean, when you're talking about somebody that can recruit, that's somebody that's been with Cal at Memphis back in the 2000s when things were rolling. Um, he spent some time in Indiana with Bruiser Flint and then some uh, Bruiser Flint at UMass, too. So he knows the coaching staff pretty well. He's coming from Oregon, which they've been recruiting at a high clip lately, especially with NIL. They got that Nike money, stuff like that. So he's been able to take advantage of that. So I kind of think he's on the same playing field with Kentucky. He kind of he kind of knows what's up right now. So uh, I believe that's a good addition. The two things that kind of stand out to me, I, I went back and watched some of his old interviews when he was at South Carolina, and he's really a team-focused guy. He's not he's there to make sure the players are comfortable and the staff are comfortable, but also on the same page. Um, I think I have the quote pulled up here. Uh, let me pull it up. I'll make sure I get it right. I want to be in injustice. Um, one of his philosophies is to look to catch your players doing something right because it's easy to catch them doing something wrong. That's not true. It is true. Um, unfortunately, Cal can be a little bit too much sometimes. I mean, he is a Hall of Fame coach, so there's a method to the madness. But it is good to just somebody to have good cop. Uh, I know that's kind of been – Coach O's role since he's so I believe it's a good addition, especially joining up with Riley Welch. They have uh, two different um, skill sets that they bring to the program, but both are good. Probably good for culture because, like, culture did seem to be a bit of an issue for the team this past year. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to like spill your guts or about anything, but like, uh, was it, is it better than we all heard or do you think it's worse? Do you think it's about right, right in the middle, maybe about everybody has it right. 
it's not as bad as some people suggest, or it's not as good as some people suggest. It's kind of where I lean on battle on everything. It's you always have extremes on both sides. Um, so I would say if you're a reasonable person, just look at the. The only three players that came back were Adusiero, Hugo, and Antonio Reeves. You could add Vance Ware come back, Damian Collins, which I can't fault him for that. I know he's five hours away from his family, but it's closer than Kentucky. Um, but I just think that's kind of indicative of what the culture was like last year. I, I'm not saying it's toxic. It's just they weren't really close. Um, that's nobody's fault, really. I mean, you, you, you bring in a new group of players every year. Sometimes they just don't always yell. Some, they're not going to be best friends. Um, this group coming in, a lot of them are young, so it looks like they're hitting it off really well. Uh, Justin Edwards, Aduthiero, and, and Kareem Watkins were out uh, fishing today. <laughs> I, I mean, they're doing some stuff off, off the court. Uh, and then earlier today, uh, Ugo actually said that their team chemistry – it feels like they've been playing together for over a year um, and just been practicing for a little over a month now. That's really promising to hear. Um, and we'll see how it, it all gels together next week at Global Jam. Yeah, it's shocking to think that uh, we're as close to that as we are. We're going to literally watch Kentucky basketball six days from now. So uh, Try to watch. Try, yeah, that is true. So You're going to have to watch some streams. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, there's no way in it, like it's not broadcast in America, is it? Is that what it is? It's like Canadian. So when I reached out to UK, they basically told me that as of right now, it's not available to anybody in the US. Ooh. That the tournament is owned by Sportsnet, which is basically an, a sports company, a sports broadcasting company based out of Canada. So obviously they're going to want to offer their package. I think that you can subscribe online. Um, it's like $15 for the month. So, I mean, if Kentucky plays four games, it's a little over three bucks a game, <laughs> four game, $4 a game. So, um, it, it's spend it if you want to. I'm sure there's going to be some streams out there you can watch. But, I mean, people are going to find a way to watch it as long as you can navigate the Internet. Yeah, you can always count on uh, BBN to find some of the most unorthodox methods to watch their team. So, uh, uh, with that being said, what do you think? Like, what do you think fans should expect from this uh, trip to Canada? So, don't get your expectations too high. The teams that Kentucky are going to play aren't the typical summer just throw together type teams that the Dominican Republic play. So, this is not the Bahamas, like is what you're saying? No, don't expect any fifty point blowouts. Um, I, I'm not saying Kentucky doesn't have a chance to win a game, but Baylor went, I think, one and three or one and four last year. So don't expect a sweep, is all I'm saying. These these guys are playing Canada, Team Africa, Team Germany. I'm trying, I think there's one more. Um, but, anyways, those guys, they're just full of 23 year old basketball players that can play. I mean, Canada last year had Marcus Carr, who was an All American for Texas. So, I mean, they got players. Um, I would just kind of go on some cautiously. Uh, I, I think the team will do well. I think they'll show some good stuff, but they're also going to show some bad stuff. It's their right. first organized game of bath. So, um, just, just be cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Shaden Sharp on Team Canada? Does anybody know that? Because I, I, for some reason, I guess I read on Twitter or something that he was maybe going to be on Team Canada. Uh, I didn't see that he was for this event. I mean, I guess he could always pull his name. Um, but the official rosters don't look as talented as they were last year, mm. uh, which is a good thing for Kentucky. <laughs> but like I said, there are still some probably some guys we've never heard of that are going to go for 25 points. So um, just be prepared for that. That's our luck. Is it some random just shoots like 10 threes or just drills 10 threes, goes for about 50 or something? Anyway, I guess this kind of relates to Chuck Martin, but there's been a lot of uh, speculation. Maybe it's died down now. I mean, I'm not really sure. But uh talked about it on my uh, friend Chris Beesmore on his podcast. But uh, Nafali Dante, there it was a little bit of a rumor that maybe he's going to enter the transfer portal, maybe not, and maybe come to Kentucky. I, I, I haven't really put a lot of a lot of faith into that rumor. I was just wondering if you could, if you've heard anything about this or really what's the probability of it happening? Yes, yeah, so I'm not going to speculate on it too much. Right. Um, obviously, there's he hasn't put his name in the transfer portal. If he were to, I mean, he, he Kentucky was a high interest when he committed coming out of high school, those connections are still there. That interest would still be there, I would expect. Um, if he were to enter the transfer portal, though, he does – it would have to be Calipari understanding and telling Ugo or – okay, so it'd have to be one or two things. Ugo's not as talented or, or prepared as we expect or as he's expected. Or two, Aaron Bradshaw's outlook doesn't look good. I don't believe anything about the Aaron Bradshaw thing. I think it'll be a ready to play. Um, I think a lot of it's just that marks off one thing that I have right in front of me on my list. So we don't have to talk about Aaron Bradshaw anymore. Well, I just we can talk on it a little bit because there is a little bit to talk about on it. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to be out the entire season. I don't. I don't see that whatsoever. So you don't think Clutch is um, going to hold him? I've been. I've been saying that too. I know Clutch gets a bad rap. And they do have their flaws. I'm not going to say they don't. They've obviously did some questionable stuff. If you look at Arlen's Noel and NBA. Chris Livingston. <laughs> Chris Livingston. But Chris Livingston wanted to go to the NBA. I want to make that clear. At the end of the day, it's Clutch's responsibility to do what's in their client's interest. And Chris Livingston really wanted to get to the NBA. And whether he was the last pick undrafted first round, he went to a – championship talented caliber team that was a in need of a player like him so i don't think it was his goal to be the last pick in the draft <laughs> but he got drafted and went to a good team he's in a good spot um i think that kind of just explains clutch they like i said they have their faults but they're not the bad guy that everybody wants them to make them out to be at the end of the day they have very elite clientele to back it up if they were not going to have that elite clientele, if they did things that weren't in their players' interests. Mm. Um, today, even at Peach Jam, you had Chen Coleman, Coach Antigua, and Calipari sitting beside Justin Edwards' agent, who's with Clutch, who's been with Edwards through high school. Um, I don't believe that relationship is a bad or is toxic, shall I say, that some people say. That's pretty nice to know. Uh, I know a lot of people, I've said it before, I, I guess, but um, I know a lot of people are really skeptical. I think the fan base is butthurt 
uh, Shaden Sharp. I think that's just created an expectation for the fan base that, oh, no, he's hurt. He'll never play here again. I think Xavier Wheeler actually also maybe had people like that. I mean, Xavier Wheeler is a different case. He didn't go, wasn't an NBA guy. He wasn't being – I mean, we don't know what happened there, but still. I still think, though, a lot of a lot of the fans are under the assumption that uh, I'll believe he's going to play here whenever I see him on in a Kentucky uniform on the court playing. And that's a completely understandable stance. I just don't – I don't like the stance personally when people are like, he'll never play. It's yeah, a completely different situation than Shaden Sharp. It's not Severe Wheeler. It's a guy that's really talented that wants to be at Kentucky. And everybody that interacted with him at the Father's Stone camps, that loved him. He's got a great personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and once Kentucky fans see that, I think they'll really enjoy him. I also think when – Someone says that I think you're also throwing him under the bus a little bit, so you know you've got to be careful with that. Exactly. But um, so last night, um, Antonio Reeves officially we knew he was back, but he officially announced on his Instagram page that he is back uh, for this upcoming year, presumably his last year, I guess. But uh, I just want to know uh, how much of a game changer do you think this is for Kentucky? Because I think a lot of people, including myself, uh, find this to be almost a make or break sort of thing. Yeah, so, I mean, Antonio Reeves is going to be the best scorer on the team. Um, you've seen that last year. He had 37 points at Arkansas with, like, one or two threes. So, it's not just that he's, he's bringing a shooting. He's bringing a scoring ability that Kentucky – not to say these guys uh, and freshmen aren't offensively talented, but it's nice to know a guy that's played four seasons of college basketball and pretty much average 15 a game every season. So, um I'm not going to say it's make or break, but it's really, really positive mm-hmm. for Kentucky. Um, I think the whole situation was a little weird. I never really thought that Antonio Reeves was going to leave. I know that sounds weird to a lot of people, mm-hmm. but it, common sense-wise, it just didn't make sense for him to leave. And then, two, everything that I heard was he was coming back. So I know there was a lot of speculation just because of how weird the situation was and some uh, Jeff Goodman comments <laughs> you can always count on. Oh, yeah. But uh, Antonio Reeves, I think Indiana. really – go ahead. I was just saying Antonio Reeves to Indiana. You can always count on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the situation just kind of boiled down to it. this is not coming from anybody. It's just coming from a little bit that I know and then kind of assuming on. He played four years of college. He doesn't have a degree that you would typically have after going to four years. I don't think a lot of credits, I'm not going to say a lot, but there was probably some credits that didn't transfer to Kentucky, which is why I didn't graduate. Some position to either graduate or just get closer to that degree so he could finish it out this year at Kentucky, which is why I went back to Indiana State. Or Illinois State, not Indiana State. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I... I... I will admit, I was a little scared that Reeves was going to leave. Uh, you know, he was probably ended up being the most important piece of last year's team that wasn't, I guess, Oscar Sheboy or Casey Wallace. But um feels like this year, though, you, I mean, I guess everybody transferring and not being able to get the portal maybe to the standards that we expected Kentucky to, you know. But uh, I think I think it ended up making it. A make or break almost, but uh, I'm glad he's back. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be great this year. Uh, I mean, I'm sure his stats will maybe 
drop off a little bit just because, you know, you're on the same team as DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards. Like, they're going to get the ball. So, but um, I'm excited about it. And then uh, also Kentucky uh, just recently got a commitment from uh, Santo Surreal, uh 2024 big man. Uh, but it, it, my question for you is, is he going to be 2024? Do you think there is a possibility he does reclass or not? There's a possibility. Um, I kind of, you kind of seen it with uh, Ugo last year. It was he's not going to reclass. He's not going to reclass. Then he reclass. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just a situation when we get to the end of this month, or maybe even in August, and Calipari looks at the roster. We really need to add that third big guy because uh, I feel like Cyril will at least make a difference in practice, if not the game. I mean, Ugo today talked about how he's the only guy in practice. And it's a lot different than last year going against Oscar every day. Mm. There's nobody really there to challenge him with Aaron Bradshaw being at. So um, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Um, I would lean that he stays in 2024. That's just my speculation. Mm-hmm. No knowledge there. Um, I think we'll hear more about whether that's a realistic option in a few weeks. But as if anybody that says otherwise right now is probably just doing mostly guessing. But Cyril is a great addition whether he comes this year or next year. He's ready for the college game. You look at that dude's body, and he's just yeah, like, he's, like, wow. Yeah, he's <laughs> guy's big. He's strong. Um, he, you don't get the name Baby Shack for no reason. Um, <laughs> he kind of reminds I, I me of, think like, he kind of seems to be like Bam out of bio when he was coming out of high school. Remember, Bam was just, like, shredded, and everybody feels like lost their mind just because of how huge he was. That's saying he's got a little bit of a longer wingspan than Bam, I believe. Um, so I think when he comes, he's going to make a difference, especially rebounding and defensively, which is what he's known for. So mm. Don't expect him to be a stretch five <laughs> like Aaron Bradshaw or anything, but uh, he's a good player. I'm glad Kentucky is able to get him. So I, I feel like uh, if he doesn't reclass, they're going to be a little thin at the at the five. Uh, do you think that there is like maybe a contingency plan there to go get another big to fill out that roster, fill out that hole? Calipari has always got a plan. Yeah, he's always got one. Um, whether it's like this coming in this offseason, I doubt this roster was plan A. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not saying he has a – he knows exactly what he's doing, all, but he's really good at adjusting, shall I say. So if he gets to the end of this month or, or August and maybe there's something bad about Bradshaw or he just knows that, Ugo's not going to be the national player of the year like he expected in March when he said he was going to be one of the best big men. Um, I feel like he could go after somebody in the portal. Um, He's not going to tamper with anybody. That's just not what he's going to do. Um, Whether that means he gets somebody from overseas, he does get some type of reclass, he finds somebody else to reclass, I think he'll go after it. I just think it kind of depends on where he believes this team is in about a month. And I think he'll get a really good idea next week at Global Jam when he sees how this team plays together and how they play against competition that's not against themselves. When they're playing against somebody that wants to beat them, kick them down the throat, they're, he's really going to see what this team's going to be made of. So, you know, actually, that just led to a question pop up in my head. How much playing time do you think that that uh, Jordan Burks and Joey Hart will likely end up with this year? I mean, I'm not really asking for speculation, just like, you know, what do you really think they were brought I up? don't think Joey Hart will play much. 
I think Jordan Burks is an interesting case. And that's no offense to Joey Hart. I've just heard – or you even heard Cal talk about Friday right. when he's talking about Joey Hart and Jordan Burks. It's too early to tell what kind of impact they're going to make. Mm-hmm. So maybe they have a great rest of the summer and fall and they get 10, 15 minutes in the game. I just find it hard to believe that they're going to jump the people that are ahead of – I don't see them jumping ahead of Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, Justin Edwards, nothing like that. But Jordan Burks is interesting because when he talks to the media today, he talked that he's been playing the three, four, and five in practice. Um, and especially if Aaron Bradshaw does miss some time or just can't get up to speed when he does come back early in the season when you're playing those inferior teams, you may see Burks play 10, 15 minutes a game, try to get him some run just to see what he can do in game action. Right. Uh, you got players sometimes – they don't practice well. When you put them in a game, they're gamers. That may be Jordan Burks. I mean, he didn't average 28 points in overtime elite for nothing. So I'm not going to say he's going to be a starter, but I'd see, I'd expect him to get some type of a Duthiero minutes this year, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit less, prefer, probably. Um, but I think you're going to see him play a little bit more than Joey Hart. I just think it's really hard to see Joey Hart getting on the floor. Unless you just need him for shooting, right? And it feels like for that they have uh, they have Reed Shepard to fill that out. I'm sure that's what his exactly. role is going to be. Is he's going to come in, shoot a few threes, maybe you know try to get try to just get something going. And I think Reed's going to play more than people expect uh, from the practice reports I've heard. The two most impressive players or two players they've talked about the most is Justin Edwards and Reed Shepard. And I was really high on Justin Edwards just because I believe he's the most versatile player on the team. Pass, rebound, shoot, score. Uh, not elite in any of those, but he's really good at all those. Mm-hmm. He's currently projected by a lot of people to be the number one pick in the draft next year, Justin Edwards is. As I said, Justin Edwards, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. I think if he's, there's one player on this team that's going to be the draft of the highest, I would put Edwards there now. Bradshaw could be because of upside, just because you don't see a lot of those tall guys that have the kind of perimeter skills that he has. Um, but personally, if I were an NBA team and I was selecting in a week just what they did in high school and what I've heard, I would pick Edwards. And uh, oh, dang, I literally just had a question and did the most unprofessional thing ever and lost it. So uh, here, I'll just go back to this notebook. Um, <laughs> so. Trey Mitchell, obviously, recently uh, transferred to Kentucky. Um, I just – obviously, it wasn't always the plan. Like, no one pre- – I mean, Cal had no way of knowing that Bob Huggins was going to go off the rails and destroy his own team and everything like that and uh, whatever. But um, I just wanted – like, is Trey Mitchell maybe a replacement for, the, for what Jordan Burks was going to be, or do you think Trey Mitchell – maybe was brought in just in case Bradshaw was going to miss a little bit of, a little bit of time. I know he's going to play, and he's going to get real minutes. Like he's going to play a lot. But, like, yeah. I just wondered how much of that you think was it was a factor. I mean, the way the roster is constructed right right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Mitchell starts. I would personally say he's going to start, especially early I in the hope season. So. I would really rather yeah. see him at the four and Bradshaw at the five than I would Bradshaw at the four and who go at the that, that, That's the way I'm seeing it right now is I think Edwards and him share the three and four role. 
um, they kind of just split. But Trey Mitchell, yeah, the the West Virginia situation was just bad on offense. I'm not going to really comment on it just because it's a lot of stuff that people like to debate about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one way or another, he came to Kentucky. Um, the dude loved Bob Huggins. I talked to somebody in his family that if Bob Huggins never got in trouble, he'd still be at West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I know um, he's had a lot of connections to Cal, to Kentucky. He's from Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area. So uh, it is stepdad is UMass coaching ties. So as others have said, it's kind of just made sense on offense, um, especially given the kind of role that Kentucky needed uh, from a player like Trey Mitchell. Obviously, they have been in need of a stretch four for quite a while, and now it looks like they may have two with Aaron Bradshaw and Mitchell. But um, I think it's just really good to have that experience, most importantly. I know you have Antonio Reeves to help with the backcourt, but Trey Mitchell can just really help with the front court, And that's something that Ugo even mentioned today. Obviously, he's back for a second year. He kind of knows what the Kentucky program is about, but he's still got plenty more to learn. And even though Trey Mitchell is new to campus as well, he's been helping teach those guys and been a resource for them to learn from early in practice. It's really uh, positive to hear, considering the fact that literally everyone was worried about, uh, you know, there's no vets on this team. The only vet on this team is Aduthiero, who averaged whatever he did and uh, is a sophomore and didn't play. But um, And on that, I just want to say, I, I know it's you have two veterans, per se, mm. but Calipari's best teams haven't really had many veterans. They've had a lot of sophomore guys and junior guys. Made the run of the like, national title when, with just all freshmen. <laughs> and Darius Miller. And, mm. and you kind of have that kind of guy with Antonio Ruiz and Trey Mitchell. But you also have Adu and Ugo taking leadership roles this year. So, I mean, you really have – I know they're sophomores, but they're really more experienced than what you would give consider, given what the Kentucky program is like and how big of a factory and just the culture around it is. I always forget that Ugo is a sophomore. Technically, it feel, uh, it just feels like he should, he's a freshman, but uh, obviously he didn't get a lot of playing time. But uh, you know, also I guess speaking of Ugo and Reeves. Uh, I just want to ask you this question because I've been—I think a lot of people have been wondering this too. Cal doesn't promise anything, right? That's his whole thing, and I believe him. <laughs> I mean, Cal clearly doesn't promise anything. Jamal Baker and stuff like that was—he's a clear example. That doesn't promise anything. But um, do you think maybe like he got to a point this off season with the transfer portal really failing him like miserably this year? that he probably had to, like, promise maybe just a little bit to Antonio Reeves and maybe a little bit to Ugo as well? I'm not going to say promise, but he had to come to a common ground. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing with both of those guys, which has been said, is NIL. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugo's situation was a little bit different than Antonio's just because from all the points, every time I talk to Ugo privately – with other media members, he planned on coming to Kentucky. His whole plan was to be uh, – this is his turn this year. Mm-hmm. That was his exact words to me. So, obviously, some people around him 
got in his ear and made some decisions for him, but ultimately came back. And I'm really happy that he did because he was happy here. Um, he loved every part of last season. Um, he loved the team, loved Coach Cal, loved the fans. So I'm glad he was able to come back. Um, so I don't really say he had to compromise for him more or so the people around him. Um, now as for Reeves, uh, I think Matt Jones talked about it a little bit more. The NIL situation, apparently he wasn't happy with it. I do know he made six figures. I don't know if that's high six figures. I'd say it's probably low to mid, just considering where he ended the season. He, nobody was really expecting him to win SEC six man of the year. So, um, obviously, he's coming in with a little bit more reputation this season, um, a little bit more responsibility, and he kind of wanted to be – have that value. <laughs> so, I think he got – I think he ended up getting that. I think he's going to be happy. Um, I think he's got the role of this team he's wanted. He's got the leadership. Uh, Cal's even talked about it a little bit, just saying that Antonio – isn't the same player he was last year, but in a positive way. Mm. Just talking about how he knows what to expect coming in, because that was a big thing for him tonight. Everybody was like, he's coming from a mid-major. How's he going to perform at Kentucky? And he performed really well. Very but he had, to believe, he had to believe in himself before he even got to that step. Mm. I mean, if you look at November, December, and even early in January, he just didn't look like the Antonio Reeves that you've seen in February and March. And I think that's what you're going to see a lot more of this season. I guess on Antonio Reeves, do you think maybe a starting role, maybe not necessarily promised, do you think maybe that was something that he was wanting? Or do you think that was not as much of a factor as people think? I didn't hear much on that, so I'm not going to act like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would anticipate him start just because of what he meant to last season's team, especially at the end. Um, just given his experience and how he fits in with this team, I would expect him to start. And I think you'll see that at the beginning of the season. But it wouldn't surprise me if he there's a few games here and there where he does start in the sixth and just takes a step back. If he's a leader, sometimes you know that Rob Billingham may need to start just depending on the matchup and stuff like that. Right. Um, I guess last thing or one of the last things, a couple things I guess I got to ask you, but, uh, who are some guys to watch for the class of 2024 in basketball that you think maybe Kentucky has a chance at getting or maybe will get? I know a lot of people not angry about it, but kind of curious as to why. I mean, Santo obviously is a commit, but, uh, you know, that was very circumstantial. Like, why we haven't got a commitment other than him or uh, why it's taking so long. Yeah, and if you look at this time last year, Kentucky had two commitments. Mm-hmm. I think they had Justin Edwards and well, they had three: Reed Shepard, Chip, uh, Justin Edwards, and, and Rob Bellingham. So um, they are a little bit behind. I think one reason of that is the 2024 class just weak. Um, they kind of extended the recruitment for the 2023 class, getting Joey Hart and and Jordan Burks. So now they're able to fully focus on the 2024 and beyond. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think Trey Johnson comes. Mm. Uh, he told uh, Kentucky Insider, we have some guys down there this weekend mm. or this week, and they told him that Baylor's been recruiting him the hardest. That's where his dad went to school. 
think it comes down to comfortability. I think uh, think Trey Johnson ended up going to Baylor. Um, that's not the rule Kentucky out of it because they have a chance. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do a Justin Edwards and they talk him out like they talked him and come out of Tennessee. But I just expect him to go to Baylor. Uh, Carter Knox would be the one that I would have. I anticipate to come to Kentucky, the highest guy. I know it's Kevin Knox's brother. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's got that connection. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Boogie Flans up there. I think that'll come down in Kentucky, North Carolina. Obviously, they just had Elliot Cadeau reclass that frees mm-hmm. up a spot uh, for them. Uh, he's really good friends with uh, uh, I can't RJ down there, <laughs> RJ yeah. Davis. He's really good friends with him, so I expect him to recruit him to come to Carolina. So that would be a tough one. But I think for 2024, you're going to see one or two guys reclass from 2025. Mm-hmm. Um, 2025 is, is looking like a really good class. And I think you'll see some guys reclass, but it's just kind of too early to tell right now. Uh, but that will be the a class to focus on. Maybe they go a little bit and dip into the transfer portal with the new La Familia and I thing, I think they'll have a little bit more success in that too. Speaking of the class of 2025, uh, I won't, you know, I don't, I guess I really want to keep you on this topic too much, but, um, <laughs> but, um, what do you think? You think Kentucky does end up with one of those, one of these like really like just insane recruits like Cooper Flag or like the Boozer twins? They, I know they probably, the Boozer twins are probably going to do. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but, uh, I just wonder yeah, it's going to be really hard to get either of the Boozer twins. If I think I seen somebody on Twitter put, I think it was Wildcat Tongue, maybe. Mm-hmm. I like that account. But he said something effective. If they can get one of the Boozer twins, give Cal a Nobel Peace Prize in recruiting, <laughs> um, I would be with that. Um, I would love to get Cooper Flag. That would be, That'd be really my cool. wish list. He's, he's really um, good. I, I, I want to say he is dominating – a class of kids that just not as physically gifted as him. Mm-hmm. He is a really good player, don't get me wrong, but he is playing like a man amongst boys, and some of them are boys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't expect him to come to college and average a triple-double like right. he's been doing crazy things right now. Um, but, yeah, I would – I'm not going to guarantee they get the Boozer Twins or Flag, but the, the rumor is that they don't – want to play together, I think um, they just kind of will clash if they play together. I mean, mm-hmm. if Duke's able to get all three of them, because I know there's that was one of their dream schools for all three of them, mm-hmm. um, that would be something that would be probably one of the best trios of recruits and of all time, if not in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be interesting. But I think Kentucky will end up with a really good class. You just it's when those top players it's it's really hard to guarantee they're gonna go somewhere. Um it's Cameron Boozer, right? Who is the one that everybody thinks could be like this like crazy NBA talent. Yep, yeah. Cameron North Stadium. Yeah. That's what you're named after. Yeah, I totally forget about that. But um So it would be really funny to see somebody named after Cameron North Stadium go to somewhere else. That would be I, I'm, really I'm hoping funny. he goes to Carolina. Carlos that would Boozer's be the ultimate kid. hill turn. Carlos Boozer's kid, literally a hill turn. I should never have said that. Never mind. <laughs> um, 
All right, so last thing, I asked some people on my Instagram uh, for some questions mm-hmm. for today, and they gave me a few, which is very very surprising to me, but, you know, they did. They, they pulled through. Uh, first one here we, uh, wants to know, what's your Mount Rushmore of UK players slash coaches? So I guess just give me your players first. Okay, I'll go players. Um, I'm not going to say these are the best. These are just my favorite. These are players I've had experiences with or memories with, and I just really like or really like watching play. So first going to be Jody Meeks. Um, just I just love – I mean, the 54-point game just kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. I remember staying up yeah. watching that game and just like I, eight or nine at a time. That dude has a lot of points and 54 points. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's going up there. Um, the second player I would probably put there would be – a lot of people aren't going to put on there or is Ramel Bradley. Not that he was the most talented. He was just so cool. That was probably the first player I remember personally. I remember going to Kentucky camp and I got to sit in his Corvette. He had a red Corvette at the time. Um, he just stayed around the program. Um, he's just a really cool personality. So I'd put him on there. Um, and then obviously if you look at the last few years, in the Calipari area, you got a flurry of talent to pick from. So I'm going to pick DeMarcus Cousins. Um, yeah, he's the personality just kind of speaks for <laughs> the Mississippi State game. They call me later. Uh, I loved watching him. And then probably fourth, I'll put De'Aaron Fox just because that dude is, is crazy quick. There wasn't many people that could guard him in college, and I just loved watching him score 40 against Lonzo Ball <laughs> twice. <laughs> that was, that was, that was so great. that would be my four. Yeah, that was back – that was in the LeVar Ball, you know, when he was running his mouth on first take and stuff. That was always – that was always a good time. I wonder how he was even able to go on first take and stuff like that, even when, it, like, he was in college. Is that what I always – People do the craziest thing to get clicks. And LeVar Ball was getting clicks at the time, so he was able to go wherever he wanted, pretty much. actually makes me wonder, what happened to LeVar Ball? Like, what is he doing right now? Like, is he even – I mean, you don't hear from him anymore, that's for sure. Or he's not as loud as he once was because Lonzo didn't really pan out. But <laughs> I still got one, sk- one kid. That's, that is surprising, too. He's not using LaMelo as much as I thought he would. But um, yeah, One reason maybe because he's in Charlotte. That, if he yeah, goes that, to a, a big it. big market team, L.A., New York, you may hear a little bit more from LeVar. But also, NBA front offices aren't just going to deal with that anymore. Yeah. Charlotte's kind of a destinist to a career, though, whether, whether even if it means you get good stats. You don't really <laughs> – if you're like Kimbo. Like I have a friend that's a Hornets fan. That poor guy. And he just – I was about to say, he just lives in misery. <laughs> that's, that is much worse than anything I could think of. I would say Sacramento Kings, but even they're happier right now. Unless I like the bean. What about those checkerboards? I got checkerboard uniforms now. Literally. I think they're intentionally just just diving into the Kentucky thing. Yeah. They got they reunited Malik Monk, Garrett Fox, and all they got checkerboard jerseys, which they, of course they wore at Kentucky. Yeah. They, if they go for Bam, his contracts up. I uh, would love to see that. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty great. That would really be a trip down memory lane. Uh, I guess to answer your question or the question that was for you. Uh, I'm just gonna take it for myself, I guess. Just okay. have a fun time with it. But uh, you know, one that's on my that's on mine that I don't think anybody ever puts on theirs is Jamal Murray. It was a lot of fun to watch. 
I know that and Jamal team. Murray, as high usage as he was, has the greatest three point percentage in the Cap area. I think he has like 42, 43%. That's so. incredible, too, because you think of like Deron Lamb and even like Ellen Grady, heck, even Reeves. I mean, like, he's had more good shooters, I think, than people giving credit for. But uh, Jamal Murray, that team wasn't great. I mean, they had problems on that team, but other but him and Euless were just so fun to watch. I mean, you put that backcourt on any other team, yeah. just give them somebody else in scale. Yeah, literally, <laughs> they go a little bit farther. Poor Scal, that dude, he was so hyped and just kind of. I wonder. I, I bet that affected it a little bit. But uh, Jamal Murray, obviously, out there. Anthony Davis, he was a lot of. That was the earliest. It's probably the well, no, Brandon Knight is my earliest player that I like, but he's not really on my Mount Rushmore, but Anthony Davis obviously just incredible. Honestly, Oscar has to be on there for me too. I mean, dude dominated, and he was one of the only bright spots uh, for uh, the last few years that a lot of us have had, and uh, this one's hard. Probably Malik Monk. It's a shame that he started making this North Carolina accounts for nothing. <laughs> I know, it was going to be like one of the greatest moments in history of UK, but uh didn't work out. So, <laughs> um, gotta, well, no, I really don't have any more that are worth uh, asking. So, uh, <laughs> trolls, but uh, Tristan, uh, thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. I'm always uh, glad to come on anytime. I appreciate it, and, and uh, yeah, we hope to have you back on, but uh, as for that, I guess that wraps it up. It's 41 minutes, longer than I guess I expected. But, um, yeah, uh, Lane, Sam, please come back. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to be back on here. Uh, I know you have lives, too, but please. I sound like someone who's in the middle of a breakup <laughs> or a divorce. But, uh, anyway, that's it. Amateur sports scholars. Uh, I've been Nolan. He's been Tristan. Uh, thanks again. Uh, we hope to... We hope to uh, hear from some of our listeners finally. Uh, we're starting starting to get some, so, you know. There you go. Just All keep right. it consistent. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we'll be back. We're, we're not going away for two months. It'll probably be more like a week. But, uh, yeah, that's it. So signing off, I've been Nolan. We'll see you later.